action, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You fucking mark! Come on out, you rapist! Wow. Hello? You want to laugh, Russo? Yes, y'all are. You know I want to laugh, Russo. And we're here on ChannelAttitude.com. Hami Media Group. It's the Friday Locker Room Veteran Edition with all the headlines to break down to wrap up your week. We're not walking through a forbidden door. We're kicking it off the hinges. And it's time to break it down with the Striz and the His here on the Friday Locker Room. Yo! <laughs> Oh, give me that drum, Phil. Fill me yeah. up here in the morning. <laughs> uh, glad to be back at it, you guys. What a, another awesome week here at HMG and in the can of biz and uh, doing it all, man, uh, trying to avoid as much wrestling bullshit as possible. But that's why I called my man the Striz because he'll crack down on the locker room and give no fucks whatsoever. So we're back in the studio with who you know. Strangler Steve, how you doing this morning, buddy? Zero fucks given. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be on my tombstone. Don't, I think yeah, one day, man. you know, yeah. cry as much as you want. We don't change finishes. <laughs> 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 so, so, if you don't change the finish, I mean, we'll just change it on his own and get me. That's time. right. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. back in the Friday locker room. Great to be back here, buddy. I've had a great week and doing Wednesday locker room with the boys. And now here we are and breaking another record at like five fifty in the morning, getting ready to talk mm-hmm. about some wrestling. I love being away, being able to give away that Wednesday locker room show on Podbean again, Hameen Media Group. I was uh, uploading because I'm a little bit behind here. I just put up Next Level Review, Light the Fuse, and uh, Impact Attack. So shout out to uh, RBV and John Hartnett towing the line yesterday. Really appreciate those guys on Light the Fuse. And as always, the vet and Big Ray, a big week for NXT with Rollins showing up there. And then Chris Ams. Uh, was on the Impact Attack with Let's Go Brandon and the Vet. Chris Sam's also uh, hosting our new show, uh, Hameen Media Group uh, Wreckage, the Collision Review. So, Ah, uh, yeah, man, uh, expanding the platform, no price increase, extra shows, and and everybody just really kicking ass. And I can't say enough to uh, all the soldiers who who step up, man, when uh, I got – big cannabis meetings and stuff going on and everyone is just uh all positive about it and ready to to toe the line man i can't say thank you enough dude and and you being flexible as well to be here on the friday locker room on friday actually not taping on thursday so my pleasure buddy uh but uh yeah we were talking off air yesterday uh uh josh and i um 2cw former 2cw owner obviously uh great friend of both of us and confidant yeah. uh, at the highest uh kayfabing levels of classified oh, <laughs> information <yeah. laughs> uh, uh we went to uh hudson uh to revelry uh on the revel uh to the cannabis buyer's market yesterday and what an incredible experience that was man uh over i think they said 150 vendors it felt like more and it was just uh everybody uh who is going to be involved in the cannabis rollout with the same frustrations and the same bureaucracy uh complaints but everybody putting a smile on because really even if it's frustration legal cannabis is here <laughs> you get i remember smoking dope in high school going you remember did you imagine why this isn't this legal and someday and you think it will be in our lifetime well here the fuck we are <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, it's HMG uh, trying to lead the way like we do in all things and just putting in that uh, extra, extra work. And uh, I wouldn't be able to do it, like I said, if it wasn't for all you guys being cool and being flexible and having so many people having my back, you know, at this right point. On, so. right on. It takes a village. Yeah, got him. <laughs> but uh, but Josh and I walked out of there, I think probably if you're talking for wholesale at uh, at, at dispensary costs, uh, probably close to three to four grand combined yesterday wow. with Justin's samples and gummies and fucking try this and try that. And we didn't even hit every booth. We, if you really went every booth, uh, Halloween, uh, candy hunting yesterday, you probably could have walked out. <laughs> With close to six grand in fucking swag. Wow. Crazy, dude. Yeah, man. It's a new day. Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. that was one of the best parts when I had my restaurant was sampling all these different things. I'd have mm. all these reps from Cisco and US Food and Shamrock. They all want your business. So they come into your place and, they, you know, they jerk you off for 20 minutes and, oh, we'd love to do business with you. And you're like, okay, well, you know, let me try some of your stuff. And they're bringing in bags of chicken tenders and try these hamburgers and, Blah 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 blah. Like cases of things, you know. Yeah, and, I'm not um, trying to brag. Like this is just oof. out of the the bag sitting next to me. Wow. <laughs> like va- yeah. vapes, gummies, fucking pre rolls. It just don't stop, man. Yeah, man. It, it, it is nice to when they when they want your money. What you like uh, those uh, the saying of when you don't need it, that's when they give it to you for free, right? Sure, exactly. Right. <laughs> that's the weirdest shit. Yeah, they're hoping to do some serious business with you down the road. But uh, like I, I said, got like, some slippers for you from Dutchie if you want those. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can put my my slippers away from uh, you mm-hmm. know my. Pillow. Get you a new pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love getting samples and stuff, and I would just use them. I, I would use that stuff, and uh, you know, I would get I would get customer feedback on it, and everything, mm-hmm. just because you never know, you might stump, you know stumble on something where people are like, "This is fantastic." But overall, chicken tenders are chicken tenders, and hamburgers are pretty much hamburgers. Yeah. And I, I would just use all the samples to help keep my numbers low because I didn't have to. It was food I didn't have to buy. Right. So right. I'll keep my, you know, my my uh, food costs like under twenty five percent, which was fantastic. That's funny. The the hustler side, you can get away with that thing in food a little more, being oh, yeah. less tracked. But that that was one of the first things Josh and I were like, "How much can we get for this on the street?" <laughs> I go, Let's not worry about that. But that's our first gangster instinct. Of yeah, yeah. We flip this shit. So well, easy E selling it out the back of the trunk. You know, hey, <laughs> yeah. man, what you got? What you got? Yeah, what you man. Need? Fucking a, dude. Uh, very very cool all the way around yesterday and uh we'll get some more pictures and talk about that on patreon too further uh so i'll do more shows this weekend looking forward to it uh good night last night at uwe training wrestling uh in a night uh that's that was uh, i had to show up a little late but uh very fulfilling man because in december i think i had two maybe three students and last night there were 13 guys there. I think I have almost wow. 15 total, bro. So in in six months' time, I was hoping to get to six to ten, yeah. Yeah. and now we've surpassed that. So I'm very very pleased, and uh, I know the owner is too, man. That feels good. good. How are they? How are these young kids finding out about the school space? Are they? Is, if there's, is there a uh, like a federation associated with the school? No, because we don't have a promoter's license. We thought we could do the birthday party shows, student shows, and I haven't. I mean, I'm so busy. It's up to Craig to 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 do the research on that. I'm just the head trainer, you know, and I try and give all the knowledge I can. But with Immortal Championship Wrestling, which I happen to be the mm-hmm. champ of, right, right. Uh, and uh, 
I, I told him, I go, you guys shouldn't even be allowed near a ring, let alone you should be setting one up for a year. I go, but if you guys sell 20 tickets a pieces of six kids, uh, then I will get us a student showcase to open in dark. And it won't be, you're on Immortal, you're not on Immortal. You haven't worked and you're not even close to being ready to work for a company yet. You know what right, I mean? Right, like right. I tell them that. And we drill our match and they all sold 20 tickets. So now the house is up 120 and we went from 480 to 600. Promoters Great. like promoters like that. Yo, for sure. <laughs> so, and are they on the wing, ring crew right now too? Oh, you fucking better believe yeah. that. And they're Something going right. to every fucking uh, seminar. Alex Shelley was just here. Oh, mandatory to go there. So they're paying their dues and they're learning the hustle, which is the fucking uh, as big a part of anything in this. If you can show a promoter that you can hustle 20 seats or 120 seats, oh, yeah. then I don't difference. give a, yeah, I don't give a shit who your champ is. Your champ is not a draw compared to, you know, students trying to get their families mm -hmm. there to, to shine. And, and sure there might be quick fall off from that on shows that aren't in their backyard, but there may be 10 or 20 that stick around out of that 120, right? And uh, the main thing for us was I wanted more students, so we needed to create awareness. I knew there's a lot of fanboys in the crowd who probably would come train, who do now. But if we should put on a good showing, we show that it's a student showcase and that if you want to train, come to UWE and get the word out there. They've had two spots on two matches on two shows, and the class has gone from three to thirteen. So I, I mean, I think the strategy more than worked in six yeah, months. You great. know, yeah. uh, and and they're only going to get better because we're going to have people improving. We're going to have new people who don't know shit, and then I've got a couple guys who are real athletic who've got about a year of training underneath their, uh, you know, belts, and everyone's improving together because you got to step up if you get thrown in the deep end. Otherwise, you're going to mm -hmm. fuck wash out and that happens some people this you're not cut out for this shit i'll gladly take your money and try and teach you and help you live your dream but if you're not gonna go for it or it's not for you hey at least you tried it you know what mm -hmm. i mean so yeah i can't tell you how many people like over the years and years and i was training at killer kowalski's institute of professional wrestling down in malden massachusetts how many people would come in and slap down a ton of money to go and start training they take that first bump and they roll over and they hold their head and they get yeah. out of the ring and you just never see them again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just keep on watching it on TV because it, it's not what people think it is and it's oh. a lot harder than anybody could ever imagine. And I've, I've heard Navy SEALs go, man, I thought I was a tough guy and then <sighs> I tried to train to be a wrestler and you know it was not what I thought it was. You're just getting out of you. You've got to undo a lot of natural tendencies mm -hmm. like you and maybe not for who don't live in the tundra like we have but you slip and fall on ice you're whoa and you put your arms yep. out to break your fall you do that in the ring you're gonna break your fucking arm right. and you're gonna pop your shoulder and break your wrist you need to learn how to take a bump all over again and, and even on those first days i go yeah you're crazy who you guys are ready to throw your body down in the mat over and over again here. It's pretty much the same as getting in a 30-mile-an-hour rear-end really car. Is. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. what you're signed up for. Everybody's good with that. I just want to make sure you know what the fuck this is, yeah. you know. So, And they're all, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> until, <laughs> until that fucking that, that rope bites you or that ring Oof. hits your back, bro, yeah. for sure. Yeah, people don't realize how stiff those ropes are when you hit them. 
No. Well, I tell them, I go, I go, who hates you? And they all go, the ring hates you. I go, You're <laughs> goddamn right. The ring hates you. Yeah. Yeah. You will not beat the ring. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> wins every time. Good. Undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it'll be uh, another big week as we got to take our, our ring down and redo it. The the post just got a little offset. So oh, yeah. they'll have yeah. a fun time with that on Tuesday. The, the good thing is, is that is part of your training is like learning about the ring and taking it apart and putting it back together and taking care of that sure. thing because essentially it's taking care of you too, you know? So you yep. don't want to have those dead spots in the ring where the mats start to kind of start shifting after a mm-hmm. while. It's part of training is, you know, all right, guys, today's uh, ring maintenance day. And, uh, you know, you pull back the canvas, take it apart piece by piece, you know, take care of the ring. If it needs painting, you got to paint it. If it needs a new board, you got to go out and get the new board. Mm-hmm. Good luck bringing that 20 foot fucking thing back to the, <laughs> you know, the school. And uh, we, you know. we've got a nice, I got to say, Craig spent money on a brand new ring. It's a low boy, but it's uh, 18 by 18 and uh, it's it's real nice with cables. But yeah. the big fat cocksuckers in my class hit it and now the posts are bending in because yeah, of the yeah, bottoms yeah. are kicking. So we got to go in and tighten. Do you have come alongs in the bottom underneath that? Yeah, but I'm going to make them take it all apart and we're going to put it all back together instead of just trying to fucking tighten in the come along. You might have to to get new come alongs too because they get beat up just holding the ring together, getting whacked around every day. So you can get them at like a tractor supply place has them, you know? Yep, yep, and there's there's one right down the road there too. So that'll be a fun day for them on Tuesday. Hopefully, it's ninety degrees and they can take the fucking <laughs> ring apart. Really, uh, yeah. get a sweat on, man. Um, right. The big news uh, that I've been, you know, not following just uh, in headlines. Maybe you've been checking it out on the Twitter feed. A tragedy, an ironic tragedy. Uh, obviously, as a comedy guy, we can find the darkest. Uh, a comedy is a way to uh, alleviate uh, that that pressure and tension, but even if it's dark comedy. But man, this thing with the Titanic and uh, yeah, and this submarine that that's gone down there multiple times beforehand, I guess, right? And uh, what can possibly go wrong does go wrong, and uh, uh, pr- pretty much all passengers, billionaire passengers, I guess, like tourists, uh, all mm-hmm. and the the captain of this little vessel all perished. Uh, the there, there's people showing the atmosphere pressure, and it's not like a slow death. It's when you got there, boom, you're crushed right. like a goddamn Pepsi can in two yeah. seconds. So I guess you can go, well, at least they didn't suffer. Well, I'm sure it wasn't that fucking fun. Um, but the irony of going on a tourist adventure to watch a, a ship that <laughs> ended up on the bottom of the ocean where hundreds of people died uh, tragically – and they, a lot of them were rich motherfuckers who wanted yeah, to travel yeah. at a high rate. Let's get a submarine full of rich motherfuckers to go look at the people who made the exact same mistake, uh, you know, about a hundred years to the date prior. And here we are, man, with, uh, you know, a tragedy of this shit, but that's why humans don't have gills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. They said that the, um, as far down as they were, it, it was six thousand pounds of pressure per square inch. So, you know, obviously yeah. that that thing was not built for that. And uh, you know, I, well, some, I had seen somebody say the reason they were coming out of St. John's from Canada is because that vessel never would have been approved in the United States. Really? For you know, it wouldn't it wasn't seaworthy enough to to do what they wanted it to do. So that's why they w- went from Canada. But you know, I guess you know. You, when you take risks in life, sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And uh, the one guy who was like some sea mariner for years and years and uh, 
was saying that the, the thing got crushed so fast, 0.2 seconds, he said. He's like, you couldn't prick yourself with a pin and have it get to your brain that you got pricked that fast. That's how yeah, fast the get. thing gets crushed. So it's like, it was probably most likely a completely painless death. Like, they didn't even know anything happens. Like, one minute you're there, then yeah. one minute you're not. So, like, luckily for them, if it, it, you know, it was quick. You know, um, I couldn't imagine, like, like if they had been down there for hours and hours and they're counting off how much yeah. you know, oxygen was left and slowly suffocating, you know, like that would be uh, way worse. Oh yeah. That like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no, I agree. If you, if you, you knew it was going to end badly, I'd rather just take the fucking one and done and be out of there. I don't know if meme culture wise, like I said, I, my look into this hasn't been a uh, pun intended, a super deep dive. Um, but, uh, somebody posted that the way it was controlled was a PS like three controller or some shit. Like that was the steering mechanism. Come on, B like, (laughs) yeah, like I'm not like you deserved that. But like, if I get into a submarine, we're going to Titanic and go, Oh, you got PlayStation on this bitch. No, that's the steering wheel. Okay. I'll see you guys later. Have a good trip. Uh, it's up to Gilligan and the skipper for me. Fuck that. Yeah, I saw a few interviews where they, the guy who was the captain of the vessel had been showing some of the remote, and they're laughing, and he's laughing alongside him. Like, yeah, I know, it's super fucking shitty, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it funny how fucking bullshit this is? Like, eh, you know, maybe you're not, you don't really value life for really what it yeah, is. Yeah, man. You, you, you've had, you know, too easy of a life where you think, ah, we'll get there. Fuck it. Yeah. Just get in the boat and shut the fuck up, you know, like. Give me a quarter of a million dollars or whatever for this. If we make it, we make it, right? This is a gamble. Some people got a death wish like that, dude. I guess something. It's just very strange. Yeah, very, very strange. You know, being the the owner of it or the captain of it, like, I don't know. I mean, my my dad's been trying to get me and my wife on a cruise ship for years and years, and I won't do it. No. Just no. And then because he and my mom uh, were on a cruise ship once, and one of the engines stopped working, and the thing started tilting. And they were having dinner, and everything started sliding, just like oh, in, yeah. uh, just like in the movie in yeah. uh, Titanic. And I said to my dad, "You don't understand. If I was on that ship and that was happening, I would have fucking jumped overboard." Well, they got. Uh, like, uh, the, they do have escape. They do have escape boats. I wouldn't just jump in the water. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, I would be in an escape boat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pulling the thing down. To, yeah, dude. Like you wouldn't be talking me out of doing that. Well, hold on. Let's see if the thing fucking starts back up. I'd be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I'd be stepping on babies to get to the, yeah, to the thing. I know I would be. Well, that's the thing. It, it, that. It's a false sense of security because it's such a massive ship yeah. that you feel like you're safe at home. But the it's reality is, on you, water. You, like, it's just yeah, on water. Yeah, you're a t- you're a tic tac in a bathtub at that point, right? Yeah. Like fucking the ocean is the most powerful force and it, it gives right. no fucks you know and it hasn't for thousands of years taken ships of all sizes just because it looks nice and it's got a goddamn water slide on the top deck don't mean it's gonna fucking right. and it, if you've ever right. stood at the shoreline of a beach and not felt absolutely minute and all minuscule tiny. and nothing then you're an arrogant son of a bitch. <laughs> you know I, I, I don't think you can, because that's really why I, one of the reasons when we go to get away after 120 days of straight work at HMG, I sit there chest deep in the ocean, just look out there as the, the waves crash over you. 
and you're just like i'm nothing no matter how yeah. important you are and that and that you also respect the ocean that this thing could take me out there and no and i'd be gone and i'm not trying to make light of it because dude that's what happened to shad gaspard right, right. like it, that fast right. it's is gone while well, undertow is a bitch man yeah they'll pull you three miles out in 20 seconds yep Yep, it's a motherfucker, dude. So, you know, definitely not trying to make uh, light of uh, anybody's tragic death that way, but the the dark irony of it all and the human condition of learning nothing and uh, becoming even more stupid as time goes on to some people uh, searching for adventure, man. Like, uh, fuck Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, yeah, man. I, I watched AEW with the AEW self-help help grow had a great time they punched up the show going into this forbidden door a lot of uh uh more japanese uh run-ins uh, from okada the big surprise however it might have been too little too late they just kept every segment was a multi-man match i think except yeah. the girls segment and they kept over they did good business and then overbooking more and even the overbooking with surprises each segment wasn't bad but it was each segment so now the surprises that came before seem less than as time goes on throughout the show. But I thought they did a good job in the last two, three weeks of really um, promoting the new Japan guys and, and, and showcasing them to where they seem part of the show, as opposed to before you'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Who cares? Right. You know what I mean? So uh, interesting show this week, even though I didn't get to review it, like I said, John Hartnett, uh, RBV put that out there. So. Yeah, like you said, it was an all right show, but it was over completely. And like the thing with when you're booking surprises is, as the viewer, like you said, you start expecting surprises, and then it's it's just not a surprise if you're expecting. Right. It. So that it takes like that wow factor out if you're doing six surprises tonight. Like it's just it's overwhelming. It's like an embarrassment of riches, if you will. But uh, the good thing about the AEW crowd is that they're, you know, they're like. The most, one of the higher educated wrestling crowds to the fact that they know who all these Japanese wrestlers are. If you had marched them out in a WWE show, fans would be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why is Nakamura in every segment tonight? Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, we already have the Japanese guy. We, you know, we don't need any more of those. But, you know, this is a completely different thing with AEW. And uh, I know uh, Josh is so looking forward to going to uh, Forbidden Door because he wants to see Okada and uh, Brian Danielson. He's saying... I hope like this is like the best match I ever see in my whole life because it has all the potential of being that. Sure. I said, dude, don't even like set the parameter. Just go and observe it. Like if you set that bar, like I hope this is the greatest match I ever see. Like when you've yeah. watched wrestling for forty five years, I mean, you know, what what can they possibly do at this point that you haven't seen a million times and you've seen, you know, both of these guys work a bunch and plus you understand like the flow of a Japanese match with the fighting strong style and like the you know fighting spirit at the end where they're trading blows back and forth stiff as fuck and then you hit your finisher ten times he hits his finisher ten times then you use his finisher on him ten times and yeah. he hits your finisher on you ten times but the third inside cradle one two three at the end, yeah. and, you know. <laughs> and I got into it with Josh last night into it but we were talking about wrestling bullshit as we do and oh god I'm like dude they can bring all these guys out they did good and, and Josh is like. Okada gives everybody their best match. I go, that may be true. And he might be because he's the tallest in Japan or they right, take right. these small Japanese guys and gas them up and they let them punch each other. For I go, that don't mean shit to me, bro. Like everyone's like, Okada's awesome. Okada's the best. I go to who? 
to to this minority of fans who the fuck knows who okada okada is what is a rainmaker like are you making money rain can you make it rain inside i don't know just because they give these guys he's the ace he's the rainmaker he's the cocksucker tomorrow Like, can here's my first question. Can they speak English and cut a promo in America? No, right. you're not. You're not in the top 10. You're not in the top 10 wrestlers at all. At, yeah. at fucking all. Because you can't connect to 90% of the fans in a way where they can emotionally relate to you. Maybe you can in a show don't tell way, but the chances of doing what you just said with 78 finishers only to stand up and start right. elbowing each other in the face, you're not the fucking best. Right. And I, and I, and are they great athletes? Are they wrestlers? Are they workers? Is their own style over there? Sure. But just because they do that and it's a little niche where everyone gets to feel like a smart mark because they know who this guy right. is or that guy is, does not make these fucking guys the best workers in the world. In fact, I don't even put them in the top 50, any of them. Well, I, maybe maybe in the top 25 or something. But uh, if you can't break out of your own place and go to the main stage, which has to be WWE because – they do it better and bigger than anybody else ever has done with the most amount of eyes and the biggest amount of money. So they are the measuring stick. If you can't get over there and be the top guy there, then you're not in the top whatever. So well, I you're going to go from respect. being a tough guy to a guy who comes down and is the fucking Michael right. Jackson of fucking dumb, right. like, you know, like, whatever. Yeah, he's not a rock star. Yeah, sure he is. It's, it's silly because it doesn't, it doesn't translate into dollars. And I understand, yeah, like the things that don't translate, like, the rainmaker thing the efforts of tomorrow like i'm sure in their own language it's like wow it's impressive because i know like just culturally speaking it means something different but here's here's an example of somebody who was over huge and then when they came to the united states they, they weren't so such a big deal uh andrade you know great hand heck of a worker speaks a very little english really tough can't get over on the mic matches are solid as fuck when he was in CMLL, when he was La Sombra, and he, he wore a hood, and he came over with a big black sombrero, the black hood, and the long black tights, he was a megastar when I saw him in Mexico. And he had an uh, angle going with a guy named La Mascara, a young kid, pink mask, pink gear, not a gay gimmick, just his family's colors were pink because he was related to a young um, the Volanos who came out to the Pink Panther music with the X's on their masks, gotcha. pink gear, purple X. So he wore pink because it was his family's colors. Anyhow, they had been in like a year long feud and it was culminating at uh, Arena Mexico for CMLL and it was going to be mask versus mask. And everybody had heard that Sombrero had, La Sombra had signed with WWE and was leaving. So like the place was packed. I was there with my wife. There was 40,000 fans there hanging from the fucking rafters. And they went 35, 40 minutes. It was an insane match. And this guy was a fucking star. Fast forward a year later, he's at the performance center. They had him take his hood off the day one. And he just became another guy. And it didn't matter who he was or what his fucking lineage was or any of that shit. And, he just became Andre Andrade El Idolo. Dude, if he if he got released right now and started working indies, he couldn't draw more than six fifty no, seven hundred yeah, based on his name. You wouldn't probably even bother bringing him in. No. The only reason why you would is because you're thinking in the back of your head, maybe Charlotte will show up. Maybe Charlotte will show up with him. Yeah, I'll get you two first class flights just in case. Right, right. 
And you're thinking about like you do pictures with her in the back on the cafe with people for fifty bucks a whack. <laughs> you do the numbers you had. I'll break even on the show with the like, uh, you know, like there's an example of like a guy who was yeah. huge in his own country but came to the big time and was a part, you know, like there's a lot of that going on right now. I heard, I saw Conan, uh, I listened to part of the clip. I haven't listened to it all, but I guess Roosh and his father, uh, kind of just walked, walked walked on triple a and, um, the way Conan kind of paints it, it's because you think you're over, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because you worked AEW and beat the shit out of jungle boy and, and whatever. And there could be other locker room reasons I'm unaware of, but it seems like more of, I'm over now. I'm out of here. I can do what the fuck I want to. And that's a very wrong view to take, to be successful crossing over, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is that he's burning a bridge, but uh, you know, cause you know, he's going to need him again someday. And and it was a weird thing with workers down in Mexico, because one minute they'll, they'll even say, I, I hate, CMLL, I hate AAA, and then two years later they're, they're back, they're working, they'll go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. has gone back and forth between the two Housing. like six times, you know? But, I mean, he, he's a draw, so as a promoter, you're like, we can't tell him no, because we're going to make a shit ton of money with them, so right. keep him for as long as you can, get as much out of him as you can, then he'll get a fucking hair across his ass and go back, you know, across town. Just um, seems like they're doing bad biz for themselves. Yeah, I'm they, they do, yeah, but you know, when we watch the matches, there's no psychology there so there's no psychology in the business aspect of it either but uh you know you have a guy like conan who's based in american wrestling and understands psychology and can who came from mexico got over in america you think you listen and take his model and adapt it right 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 but you mean some people you just can't talk to like they just thick-headed you're like all right you just you do you and we'll we'll figure something out i would like to know why he walked out uh, like if it was like a pay dispute or yeah, creative dispute know. or like i'm not fucking jobbing that guy i'm on tv you know i can't do that like, all right well have a good night it seemed like it was something with a hair versus uh mask match with somebody too and there mm-hmm. there's heat there so it's something they've been wanting them to do for a long time and they didn't and then went to america and everybody just thinks they're over now but they yeah. don't Apparently, look at the and ratings. There's, and there's some, uh, yeah, there's some argument to that though too, because he's probably making really good money with AEW. He's like, I don't need this job. I'm not losing my hair here. I could do it probably for Tony and make you know three times more or whatever. You know, so yeah. you never know what the what the leverage is. And maybe he's paying for a sin from three years ago too. Like, you know, they've been wanting me to cut my hair for three fucking years. No, nope, not gonna do it. You know, right? So I'll wait till the money's right and then we'll we'll talk. Another uh, Lucha who's walked away, uh, taking walking away with all elite wrestling, though, here is uh, Fuego Del Sol uh, has announced that his contract with the company will soon expire. In a video on Twitter, Del Sol revealed that he'll be joining the free agency market on July 1st uh, as his AEW deal comes to an end. Before he exits the company, though, Del Sol issued a thank you for the staff and crew at AEW and urged fans to stay tuned for updates on his next move. He says, I'm 27 <laughs> years old. I'm just getting started. I barely scratched the surface and showing the world. Yeah, yeah. Showing the world how damn good Fuego Del Sol is. I'm quite literally now the hottest free agent on the market. So now grind season begins. It's time to set the wrestling world on fire. If you don't, if you doubt me or you don't believe me, just wait till you see what I do next. So obviously uh, making a play here for NXT. Not a bad idea with as many luchas as there are right now in, in AEW, you know? Um, yeah. 
Uh, he hasn't really been featured. He no. uh, got a truck out of Sammy Guevara, and I guess it's time to head on down the road, brother. You know, so yeah, saying, the only thing I remember Fuego Del Sol doing was something that he wasn't even involved in. It was just his gear when Sammy Guevara did a run in wearing shit. Fuego's stuff and then took the hood off, and it was Sammy. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yeah. That I remember Fuego Del Sol. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, I don't think he's the hottest free agent in the market <laughs> uh, going forward, but they to each their own, I guess. Yeah, interesting, man, uh, for sure. But uh, I, I think that's his play. Obviously, we'll see uh, how much climate change he's uh, on in order to <laughs> impress them. Uh, but uh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Uh, going back to Japan too. Uh, before we transition out of that, another news. Uh, but uh, one guy I'm not really familiar with, but I guess is a is a big deal uh, there. Uh, Sonata um, says it's sad to see someone like Jungle Boy Jack Perry challenge for the IWGP world title. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like that headline. Jungle Boy Jack Perry scheduled to face him uh, on Sunday night at Forbidden Door. He says, I have no knowledge of Jack Perry. It's sad to see someone like that challenge for the IWDP championship. Uh, is, uh, is an open challenge really that easy to decide? It's the IWGP. I think it's worth more than AEW championships. Wow. Uh, so interesting. Uh, he's not wrong. No, he's that not. Absolutely. A lot of to it, you know. And Jungle Boy's nowhere near believable no, no. for anything, bro. So you should just—they should just have him be eaten alive. Because what? What does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sometimes not every match. I, I can't stand when like you watch a pay per view and every match goes thirty-eight minutes, like. Some matches just go three minutes. Have you ever been in a real fight and the guy's gone and on his ass in 30 seconds? You know, Most like, street fights are under a minute. Yeah, I mean, like, let's go. Fucking, the kid's got no meat on his body whatsoever. He looks like he's 16 years old. Fucking can't, can't promo at all. Punch him in his face, have him get knocked out, and pin him one, two, three, and walk away. I agree. I don't, I don't, you know. a property with AEW that we can't sacrifice this kid for one night, you know what I mean? What is his value? There's no value at this point because they're not they're, playing him to his highest level, like you said, doing the 90210 stuff. Right. The, the value is his father's legacy. That's all his value right. is. There's no other value in, in Oh, that best friend crap with him and Hook is just like borderline, like, yeah. you know, uh, homoerotic type weird. Yeah. It's like, some weird twink stuff. fucking <laughs> shave your body down and oil each other up shit. It very is very Halstead, Boys Town. That's another one, too, that uh, there was rumors that Hook. Uh, might be uh, looking to go to NXT too. Here, he should. So. Yeah, might as well strike while the iron's hot because I, I I don't see what people see in Hook. I I because I, I'm a realist and uh, got his job because of his dad. Does very little in the ring, but everybody is more than willing to help the kid look good. Uh, he's over there fucking T-bone suplexing fucking fucking uh, big cast. Yeah. <laughs> It has never ever happened. And no, it's a bad move on cast to say, "Yeah, sure, I'll let the kid do it," but wants to play along and not cause a fucking you know scene or whatever. So he does it because he's had trouble you know with locker rooms in the past. Where I just right. I'm just not making it. I'll just fucking take the bump and shut the fuck up. But uh, I mean, sometimes you got to stand up for your own business and be like, "I'm not letting this five foot six kid suplex me. I'm seven feet yeah. tall and I weigh three hundred fucking pounds." Mm -hmm. like, in what world does that make sense? How about if he tries to do it and I stop him or he tries to do it and shit cans me and I fucking get up and drill him. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. How about the fact that you're going to bring back, you might sign hook, but you wouldn't bring back Enzo and Cass. 
Like right. what kind of fucking, like if we're in the, in the room of like, all right, we've got X amount to spend on five new guys, uh, is Fuego del Sol hook <laughs> going to be over Carlito, Enzo and Cass who've already come through the system. They're already ready to, their TV ready to go. Yeah. They're already made. You know what I mean? Like, and they make but, money. I mean, they're, they're merch movers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and and these guys we're talking about really, don't even they they don't even cut a promo or have a tagline because they're too untrained in right. fucking uh, promo skills. They just don't put in the work. They don't put in the effort. Last night I had my guys two circles of six doing Chicago improv pattern recognition games mm-hmm. to open their mind to, to patterns. Yes. And, and fucking actively listening and passing focus, all things we need to do on the match, duck my clothesline drop down. Here comes the shoulder tackle, like yeah. pass, pass, listen, take, take. Yeah. You got it. And, yeah. uh, th- these guys are, are candy. I threw up in the garbage can when I had to promo. Okay. And, but you're on TV. Good, good work. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Good work. When I was doing a job, back in the day on Monday Night Raw for the Heavenly Bodies. Um, we had a few things worked out, but not everything. And um, I'm in the ring uh, with uh, Jimmy Del Rey. He tags in uh, Dr. Tom. Tom comes in and goes, ba 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 And, you know, tells me a whole series of things to do. I'm like, okay. And I, like, I'm like running to the rope, coming off the rope, going, what was he saying? <laughs> like, right. Okay, right. do this, do this, do this. Do. You've got to calculate it that fast. You've got to calculate the next five steps in under two seconds. While selling the match, while while selling, timing it, while you know not hurting anybody, and you know, so luckily it worked out perfectly and everything. And uh, later he's like, "Hey man, great job out there. You really listened." I was like, "Well, what am I not going to fucking listen and run into you and be like, (laughs) no, what do I fucking do?" You know? Yeah. But like, you have to have that active you know, ear open because some people when the red light is on and you're in there and you're just like robotic through something and like oh this wasn't the spot we discussed in the locker room. You're like, motherfucker, right. I told you, fucking duck a line, come up there, fucking hit me one. Hey, what did he tell me? You're like duck a clothesline, come on, you know, sunset flip, hold me one, two, I'm gonna get up and I'll clothesline you. So we do the whole thing and I get up and yeah. gives me a big clothesline, I do a flip boom. And he's like, that was great. So like they have to have that that ability to change gears while in the match and be yeah. ready to go at any time, whether you're doing a job like me or you're the you know guy holding up the belt at the end of the match or whatever, or whatever your spot is in the card, you have to be able to adjust like while sure. the engine is moving, you know? Or know what the basic spot is. Last night, uh, after we did, you know, arm drags, drop holds, whatever, just to get them bumped out. I was like, oh, I just run some spots. And it's funny that you said that because, uh, put it together because they did it last class real quick off a of battle royal but uh the brothers tag team feeds in against two non-fucking working guys that work together right and, and so those guys throw the clothesline stop a brother's duck turn around hit him with the boots fucking grab him take him to the buckles opposite corner check in you good sling him shoot reverse stomper brothers hit heads the other guys grab him take him to the buckles check in you good to go shoot reverse stomper brothers think they're fucking smart to reverse however come in do do uh, with the guys turn right around now instead of having them fucking punch right there i have both guys do do stop piper eye poke both guys sell away hook them for uh suplex come back in get on hard cam you ready, you ready, and then suplex them both at the same time. <laughs> but to to weigh it, to run it down like that with the rookies that like my one guy's like, 
What did you uh, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm was like, let's English? walk in. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's how our minds work. Run yeah. it, shoot them back, come through. Da, da, da. Yeah. I got to get them to that point, right? So, yeah. uh, but they got the spot down. You like that with the do si do Yeah, yeah. No. Yep, yep, okay. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> simple, I guess there's a few questions too big of a bump afterwards. Let's, let's hit him with a ha ha. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to the big bump, but let's slow him down so we can take a second, get him in position safely with these rookies. Right. Take a second to do character, y'all. Yeah. Uh, hook them for the suplex, yeah. and then we fucking go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. although you got to lead the babies, <laughs> that's how it goes, man. <laughs> yeah. um, but exactly the same stuff you're talking about on the on the other side, and it doesn't matter if it's versus the heavenly bodies or versus the goddamn stopper brothers who shouldn't right. be named on this podcast because. They're not- oh <laughs> uh, let's see i want i don't know if you saw this i'm kind of out of the loop on this might have happened yesterday and i haven't talked to vince about it but uh, nikki cross supports dana brooke following fan backlash uh it's been a week to forget for wwe star dana brooke the longtime veteran who has recently been working on nxt made headlines following a match with cora jade on tuesday night which attracted ridicule and criticism from both the live audience and wrestling fans across social media. The noise became so loud that Brooke would respond to the criticism Wednesday afternoon where she sarcastically noted fans' opinions of her. Uh, Several within wrestling have taken up for Brooke following the reactions such as former writer Vince Russo, bro, uh, impacts Mickey James and Brooke's longtime colleague, Bailey. But perhaps no one came to Brooke's defense harder than fellow star Nikki Cross responding to Brooke's tweet Thursday morning. Cross passionately praised Brooke and offered her support. Oh, hell no, Cross tweeted. You don't. I worked with you. I adore watching you. Don't let people's mean uh, meanness touch your beautiful soul, your hard work, talent, and success. Um, yeah, I you know good for them that they're sticking together i don't know how bad and rotten and the shit it wasn't that was. fucking bad i watched it, it was, no it was, i mean they, I, it didn't change my life watching the match but sure I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like somebody i would have i would have reamed them in the locker room for that it was it was it was a you know Probably as, good, eh. probably as good as any one of my matches ever was. <laughs> Better. <laughs> well, there you go. No, then where's my tweet, love, Nikki Cross? Right. I've had shitty matches. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I love you, Ben Hameen. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what they said on Next Level Review, but you guys check that out with the vet and Big Ray for sure. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a breakdown of it. Uh, but here's my bigger issue of it. I mean, I'm used to having shitty matches. It's tough to some that are real bad that you just got to try and shuck off and they're not on TV like they used to be. But, it, well, I guess they are. My last shitty one was on Canadian television. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won the title and it was real bad. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, to for WWE stars to then sell for the marks, sarcastically or not, the next day, draw you just lower yourself right down to it. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not you're not a superstar at that point. And then to have to have everybody come to the rescue to put you over yeah. makes them look foolish too, bro. Like if it was somebody big time, and I, I'm not even sure what Russo said to her, so I'm not really uh, clued in on any of yeah. this. I just saw the headline here, man. You know, the thing is, is that as a, as a worker, we, we all have stinkers. Mm-hmm. We all, it's just, it's inevitable. In fact, last night, Teresa was showing me on Twitter, there was a clip of an old Lex Luger match back in 87 when he was jacked to the gills, probably 25 years old, and he's wrestling uh, Ranger Ross. 
And uh, it's very early into the, the clip where he does something that Ranger Ross, he sets him up and Luger goes to the middle rope, goes, you know, brings himself up to the middle rope to like, drop an elbow. Mm-hmm. But instead of when he goes to jump off the rope, slips because the ropes get really slippery from mm-hmm. sweat that are on your bodies during matches. And if the refs don't come out in between the matches and baby oil down, assholes all in yeah, baby, baby oil yeah, and baby fucking oil, water. Sweat and you try to use that as a platform to push off of and your leg scoops up from underneath you and you yeah. and, and in the clip he shit cans himself right on his fucking head. Like he just like <laughs> like went boom right down on his head. Yeah. So he got up, didn't sell it, and you know, like Ranger Ross gets on top for a second because they're smart and he's like he's just Taking advantage of this baby face who just fucked up. Ranger Ross is on top for a second. Goes to bring him to the corner. Luger gets back in control. The match is right back where it needs to be. Yeah. Okay? So, like I said, everybody's going to have that match where you're like, oh, I can't believe I just, I cannot believe I just did that. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I the hope, worst. We, like, what we would do is, like, I, I hope Walter didn't see that. Walter Kowalski. Because yeah. if he saw that, he'd, oh my God. He'd tear you an <laughs> New asshole in front of the entire locker room, and you'd feel like I go need to go find a new line of work. I think it was uh, a Vilas, one of his early, early matches. OVW might have been against Densmore, I'm not sure, but he gave himself a Boston Crab driver. I'm sure you've seen it a couple times. <laughs> you go for Boston Crab, and you're not sitting back the right way, and you're out, and the guy's legs are pressing against you. And before you get it in, you take a face bump while oh, he, he spiked yeah, his yeah. own head in the ground, knocked himself out <laughs> on the bus <laughs> while trying to put a Boston crab on somebody. Oh, gave God. himself a Boston crab driver. Wow, uh, good stuff. Yeah, like, you know when you see like someone's trying to do like a sharpshooter and they can't get their leg up and over to turn right. the guy over and they trip and fall. Just trip and stumble. I've seen Natty. It's her finish. Yeah, it's her family's legacy that, that move, and I've seen her trip and fall and do it. And she's been around for a hundred years. Yep. Like, like everybody has those matches. So like the thing is with Dana Brooke is she should have been like a pro enough to be like laugh along with it, and you'll get like the respect of a fan really by going, yeah, that was a fucking stinker, man. That I stuck, and it wasn't Cora Jade's bad. She's really great, man. I, I had two left feet on Tuesday night. Hopefully. Next week, I don't have two right feet and they can get my shit back together. You know, sure. play along with it or or ignore it. But don't Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Why even sell for the motherfuckers? Yeah, don't even engage that, them. That gives them exactly what they want. It's like they had power over you. They give them no power. Like, dude, when you're out there and you can do, you know, 18 minutes on live TV and you, you're flawless. Then, then you know, yeah. then then shame on me. But until I see that, go fuck yourself. Match I, be damned. You know what yeah. I mean? Whatever. It's the selling for the social media trolls that right. know they can get to you. That caught. That's all they have in their life. They're not on TV. They don't have a match. And like that. Now that we have to do community hug in public, yeah. you know. And here comes yeah. everybody. Like everybody's lowering their superstar status when they do that shit. If somebody, if you're worried about sis and she had a bad match and you know, we can all get in our heads about the shit. Be like, Hey, shake that off. You're a fucking great talent. You got plenty to go. In fact, here's an idea I had for you. Go pitch that. You know what I mean? Instead of being like wasting your time on that shit. And if it gets to you that much, get the fucking app off your phone for a month or two. Just Just don't touch it. Just stop. Yeah, even even um, Mr. Perfect when he was wrestling Shawn Michaels, I don't know if it was the King of the Ring or SummerSlam or what it was, yeah. but it was dur- early during Shawn Michaels' uh, heel and singles push after he broke up with Marty Jannetty and went on his own. And mm-hmm. during the match, Mr. Perfect had just done something to Shawn, but kind of trips and stumbles and falls on his ass. Mr. Perfect. 
that I use perfect and never yeah. fucks up and is awesome. It, not just in the gimmick, but in real life, he was one of the greatest guys to, to ever do this. Yeah. He falls on his ass. But you know what he did? When he fell down, he had enough sense in his head to take his knee and like, ugh, like, ugh. Yeah, he, like, he, he fucked it up. Somehow, like, then gets up, stops, stumbles a little bit, then continues to heat on Sean because he's smart and he can figure yeah. out how to make up with but he's still, it, it, everyone trips and stumbles or has that shitty match. So just how, how you react to it is. And probably his trainer, his dad said, if you ever fuck up, just yeah. go down and start to sell. Like, you yeah. know, people don't know if you twisted your ankle or you right. know, they don't your know. testicle, whatever the fuck. Right. So, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's, matter, it's all about how you handle it. You know? Yep. Yep. And and, and most of the time, the way they handle it is deer in headlights. What do I do next? Because yeah. they're married. They're married to seventy things, thinking about what's coming down. Yep. Two minutes from now, and they're lost. And when yep. when something like that happens, um, you want to go AEW or WWE Heat News? We got about four uh, stories of each. Okay. So, uh, Sheamus uh, is frustrated that WWE hasn't fully capitalized on the brawling brutes. Potentially says, I just don't think they really capitalized on the group. 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 And I don't think uh, that we've uh, really let us show what we can do. This start stop stuff is really hard when you're trying to highlight young talent. It's frustrating, you know? So I don't know, maybe we'll get an opportunity to show what we can really do as a group because a lot of those uh, other groups who are out there now definitely have an opportunity that we haven't had to do some storyline stuff some character stuff that's kind of been a shame mate to be honest considering the talent that's in there um yeah i mean they're i know they're really uh high on uh what's spanky's name uh fucking uh oh yeah pete dunn i can't pete, pete dunn yeah yeah bro uh what the fuck the is fuck it? his name it's, some, it's something like that fucking scooter or some shit uh <laughs> and and ridge uh holland farms um yeah, man, he's not wrong in the fact that these other crews, whether it's uh, jury duty or whoever, is getting uh, you know plenty of TV time to have their own individual storylines inside the group that we're not even really highlighting these guys. And, and obviously, Sheamus has done some big workhorse stuff this year. He's, he's had some serious matches, uh, and I know that they're real high on Pete Dunn, Triple H, and uh, and Sean. Because the right. guy's a good technician and he gets heat and he's always in character and he he commits to everything that's going on. <clears throat> Might not have the size, but he went from small fat guy to lean and jacked fucking mm -hmm. Florida gas bubble. So he showed him that he'll do it and he ha already had the technical skills. So Seamus, you know, has earned every right to say whatever he wants to for as long as he's been there and his, his many jobs or whatever tag runs that he was told to have and he knows what the fuck he's doing but they're not giving these guys anything to sink their teeth into i think this is his only gripe you know what i mean i don't think they're being passed over for heat or anything like that they're just the third or fourth group on the list that they're not they're getting pushed aside like we got to focus on the bloodline storyline we got to focus on judgment day and uh, who is the other group that, uh, oh, LWO business. Mm -hmm. And these guys are third or fourth on the list to get any real storyline going, which is a problem when you've got a goddamn writing staff of 20. Right, Somebody right. shouldn't ab absolutely be looking out for them at the highest level. Yeah, there I, think, is talent there. I think they're on the right track by being baby faces because the crowd is really liking it. They mm -hmm. ended up, because they were so intense and having the knockdown dragouts and the, 
banger after banger thing really got over and uh i think this it's 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 right to have them as baby faces so they're on the right track with that but i get the start and stop bullshit but um, maybe there's some underlying heat with um ridge holland breaking with the, yeah no, i i was thinking that too you're not I, you might I know be far off to, to this day i'm still pissed at that because it was so unnecessary and uh, it didn't need to happen, and we could have a healthy guy right now, but we don't because of that. He he took chances in another match recently, too, to show how strong with double, put two guys on the arm, and it was supposed to be double Alabama slam, and one guy starts to fall off, that. and we're, you know, like, yeah. so we're, we're still taking unnecessary risks that are yeah. very stupid. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, and he looks like a strong dude, and I'm sure he really like, is, yeah. but when you're 18 minutes in, dude, and you're sucking wind, and it sounded like a great idea because we posted in the locker room and we were able to do that and set up for it, but the camera's on and you're sucking wind and you've been out there for a while or something happened and you tweaked your back during the match and you can't do it. These are one of those things, like you said, like if you have to change gears, man, and you can't get that spot, change fucking gears, man. Like if you're, if you're able to, you know, and uh, I, I mean, what, how far does Seamus think that the guys can go? Could they be tag champs? Sure, but who gives a fuck? I mean, what does what's that going to matter? Like, you know, so where do where do they go? What's what's he expecting to get out of it other than a tag team title run with them? Because oh, Butch right. was is his name. Butch, the, yeah, yeah. So like, I like Scooter better. I think <laughs> I like Scooter's crap to do. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think they're doing fine in the position that they're in. Uh, they mm-hmm. they're mechanics at this point. They come in and they help fill out the show and give you a, a good uh, two segment tag team match and move on. I mean, what what are you going to do, crew versus crew? It's really them versus LWO. And what is there to sink your heat, your teeth into with Irish guys versus Latinos? I'm I get yeah, it, the white, <laughs> right? If it was white guys from fucking you know the Midwest or someplace, then then that's one thing we could do. The took our jobs coming across the border, but with I, I don't think the LWO is invading Dublin anytime soon. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's just it's silly. It's it's. Uh, like I get, I get what Seamus is saying. Like, let's push them as far as they can go. But right now, I think this is about as far as you go with it. Yeah, you know, it's, I, it's, I, it's just, it's you know, it, it's got medium heat, and sometimes you don't, you know, not everybody, not every group gets to the be in the main event, whether they can handle the spot or not. It's just, just that's not where you guys are right now. It's just this yeah. is where we need you to be. You're helping fill out the show. You're flushing out the show. You're three solid hands and. Uh, you know, just be thankful they have a fucking shot. They, they've had out. they've had a real shitty run so far. They've botched almost every match they've had. The Indus Sheer uh, with yeah. Veer and other guys. It's too bad because I actually like them. Me too. There's money there, but so that's much. that's where I, those are the only guys I can see doing it. Where you make Sheamus in the manager role, like gender is and we right. both Two we know they're, they're awesome the yeah. Managers, yeah let these big fuckers throw around scooter like a see, fucking pizza yeah, pie yeah. who's like six foot eight and 350 pounds versus butch who is five foot eight and 160 pounds yep have that dynamic of oh my god this guy's a giant you know, and butch ain't stuff. scared butch is like come on yeah. you big motherfucker yeah, so you're not yeah. hurting his integrity either right? right but and then you have you know veer and holland who are very similar in size about six four and you know, uh, 280, Tags. you know, 250. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, the money, man. but I think Indus Sheer has, has just been exposed as da- very dangerous. The, when he landed on fucking Shelton Benjamin's face this week, that was yeah. a bad look backstage, I'm sure. Yeah, that, I'm sure that didn't, yeah, because Shelton's been around 20 years at this point, and uh, yeah, you can't you can't treat a guy like that. Whether it's an accident or not, I mean, 
What's your finish? And and you can't drop the second rope, elbow drop or leg drop, whatever you're doing. Right. Like we should have done this on the crash pad 7,000 so times. They're using so much energy and the, the nerves and everything. And this is my shot. And I got to make it look as good as I can. I got one shot at this. It's live. So, you know what I mean? Like they, you end up overshooting and sitting. But they've done there. it. They've done it three or four times. have yeah, had that gotta, same feeling and they've dropped the ball. Step out back make it look more spectacular like you're, jump, you're jumping halfway across the ring mm. if that's what you have to do and the uh smoking guns used to do that and billy gunn would do that leg drop from across the ring mm-hmm. and it looks more spectacular so don't crowd the guy give him some room to jump and get up high and come down don't I mean, when you're that close it's hard to like you know gauge it you know to so, me any any fucking guys their size going off the ropes for a finish is stupid to me like these guys are yeah, power slam wrestlers, you know what right. I mean? They're trying to be like, you know, like I remember when John Huber rested his soul, like he was like laughing, saying that somebody in creative was like showing them pictures of demolition. Going, you know, you'd be like this, like as if he wouldn't have known who demolition was. Like I think <laughs> that the, the same creative douchebags are going to into sheer going, we want you guys to be like how demolition with the human Ferris wheel at the end and drive them through the mat and this and that. Um, okay, okay, okay. So like, then, you know, they're nervous because they've already been brought up and brought down and brought up and brought down and, you know, forgotten about and then reheated and taken off of the shanky really shanky. Happen, you know? How about, how about yeah. this? Shanky becomes an Irish guy and does everything Irish. Like he, he's a fucking, he believes he, his Indian brothers left him and now he's going to fucking become. Well, I, I think he should become the, you know, uh, you know, he loves to dance. We, he loves the lady to call him shanky panky. He does the Irish. Hands, he, you know? he, he think about it, He could do river dance. Shanky doing river dance would be phenomenal. <laughs> he fucking uh they pour a guinness at one end of the bar he just reaches all the way down a 16 foot bar and grabs it with his arm you know it's funny it's like obviously he gets signed because of size because vince is still a size queen like uh, there's never going to be a point well actually when vince is dead Finally, like the size thing won't be like the biggest issue. Like they'll be like, look at the size of them, sign them. Yeah. Like you gotta get, like fans don't give a fuck anymore about like the spectacle of that because they've seen it so many times. Look at almost, you know, like it's not the spectacle that Vince thinks it is anymore. But for some reason, oh. he thinks, well, when he walks through airports, fuck that. Who cares when he walks through airports? You think Daniel Bryan didn't have a line of people wanting autographs because because he was you know five foot nine. Come on, this is just stupid. Yeah, he looked impressive. Wow, he's a wrestler. Yeah, because the, the person who's the wrestling fan who will know who he is, go, yeah, he's the fucking shit. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with the who gives a fuck, but like Daniel Bryan could walk by anybody right now who's not a wrestling fan in the airport, and no one's going to stop, say shit. Hey, aren't you uh, on TV? Because yeah, but- they don't know who the fuck is. But if, if fucking Indashir walks by you or Shanky, it don't maybe like he's got to be a pro wrestler or something. Excuse me, sir. Are you on a wrestler? Yeah, I'm on WWE. Oh, like there's no stop from the outside yeah. world, you know what I mean? They're like only supermarks would know who the fuck Daniel Bryan is. Um, on the heated shenanigans podcast, Eric Rowan reflected on the mystery cage spider story at the end with his run of the company. He was this is about. Uh, Eric uh, Roman comments on who's to blame for the creative failure at the end of his WWE run. He says, politically, if something doesn't work, I blame myself. I don't blame creative. 
<laughs> I do what they ask me to. Why couldn't you get that spider over? <laughs> if they say talk, I'll go out there and talk. If they say don't say a word, I go out there and I don't say a word. I try to do things to make myself interesting with whatever parameters they give you. I says I was upset because I was just coming off a run where I was able to open my mouth, speak, and actually have some character. They kind of swept it all underneath my feet, so uh that should be swept it all underneath the rug not my feet let's get my feet swept out from underneath me uh so in my head that was not working was a failure to me it was uh, my head that was a failure but then i started with the acting stuff and now i'm wrestling a lot more i think people get too hard on themselves i'm glad he can slough it off but uh that's a completely political answer it's not their fault which means i'd love to come back and do more yeah. shitty writing that you give me you guys me back the spider i'll get that thing over yeah i'll get that you'll get it over this time i've got some ideas um i get the if they want me to be quiet i won't and if they want me to say words i will well that's the problem that's why we're not getting over. We're just like doing what, business right. We're doing what writers who've never been on TV, who don't right. understand how to get over doing their little scripts in hopes that it might be entertaining as right. opposed to going, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I've been in this business for 15, 16. What do you want a spider? Okay. Watch me get this over and I'm going to do what I need to do in order to get that over. Not, they didn't want me to say anything. So I didn't right. say anything. And then they'll be like, well, if you were on a TV show and you didn't have lines, would you just start making up your lines? Mm, if it was whose line is it anyway, I absolutely fucking right, would. Or cur curb your enthusiasm. Yes, I fucking would. So absolutely. their little logic reasons don't mean shit to me of what they want to get people to dance around the spider web. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a guy who was in such a very, you know, had very close parameters as his gimmick as the, his role in like the Wyatt family where he didn't talk and stuff. So then all of a sudden they're going to have him go out there doing something completely different. Like the, the, the whole cage thing with, we don't know what's in it. They, they've done that already like three times. Yeah. Well, they, so they fucked up the fuck the whole thing. Right. Like I don't yeah, mind was, the cage thing doomed to fail from the yeah. beginning. Well, it's because they didn't, they don't play it out the right way. So this is Nobody allegedly. Nobody fucking cares. What's in the box? <laughs> well, let me, let me put this by. It's going to be worth it. Never. Unless this is what we allegedly. human head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then no one's going to care. <laughs> that would be good. The head uh, of Sister Abigail. Mm -hmm. uh, this is allegedly what we wrote uh, as a consultant. It's not about what's in the fucking thing. It's about what's in the cage getting loose. And at the time, there was um, the show with, oh, what's her name? She's a little girl in E.T., Drew Barrymore. Uh, that was uh, the South Beach Diet or whatever the fuck it was. You remember this show where there was it, it was on like HBO, but she becomes undead because some bug or some shit gets in her and lays an egg, and now she is a cannibal. It's just like your average Hollywood can uh, California family, but now mom has to chop people up to fucking consume her bloodlust because she's been bitten by this old fucking thing. Okay. But a lot of times in that, you would get the point of view of the little creepy crawly thing that's out on the loose getting to people. That's what we needed. <laughs> Why would we take that? We need the thing to get loose, and we see a voyeuristic 
version where it crawls into the girls locker room and ah, and everyone's in their fucking bras where it goes into Vince McMahon's office and gets some stooge off and crawls back out under the door. The thing itself from a voyeuristic standpoint is what we needed in order to get him over. And maybe Eric Rowan has control over this and can set his creature free to go get the stooge and come back or can see through its own eyes. We didn't play any of that out. No, well, let me, let me, and I'm not, I'm not totally taking a diarrhea shit on this idea, <laughs> but aren't you guys always the dudes that say it has to be somehow based in reality? Like oh. that, that's a, that's quite a far fetch. Like, you know, what is there a camera strapped to this fucking thing's head? How yeah, are we getting this point of view camera? Oh, uh, we got we got the, oh. the the big feud going on. Strangler Steve is in the house oh, with John Hartnett. <laughs> God damn you, Hartnett. <laughs> God My damn bad. you. It's My all bad, good, man. Chris. No, it's My not. My bad, Chris. <laughs> it's your I good, didn't know man. the locker down yeah man well, i appreciate you uh you and rbv doing light the fuse yesterday buddy but uh i just yeah. wanted to give you a quick shout out here on the friday locker room dude my dude what are you going to a it's goddamn it. fish show you fucking hippie with that bandana on your head what the fuck no i mean it's just i got this lovely like <laughs> luscious like mane that i got going right now and if i don't tame it it's just like the windows <laughs> i put the windows down here and it just starts Flying everywhere. Striz knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with all my my all my hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got a funny scooch for you later if you want to call me. Oh, I definitely do. It must be good if we can't do it on the locker room. Do it now. We all want to hear it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> a live it's good. I, 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 I laugh pretty hard. You'll you'll pop. Okay. Uh, I do. Since you're here, I do. Let's get the Tony. Let's get your uh, sponsor, the Tony Khan piece, unless it has to do it. But uh, Tony Khan uh, allegedly and his father interested in buying Bellator. Uh, you know, this will put them in direct competition portfolio wise with WWE, obviously with the UFC merger and uh, everything that's gone on there. And now could, could Khan Enterprises take in Bellator and, uh, you know, make that as mediocre too. Yeah, I mean, it fits <laughs> right in there in their portfolio, right next to Ring of Honor. Yeah, you know, just a, a dead product that mm -hmm. they can just buy the brand and say they have it in their storage unit because Bellator is dead. And uh, the other, the other um, interested parties right now, the most interested party that I've heard of is PFL, and uh, if they acquire it, they're just going to end up, you know, disbanding the name, holding it up, absorbing all the contracts. Uh, absorbing the content library, and then that's it. I don't think Bellator is going to continue as a brand. Um, it, it's got Viacom money right now. They're owned by Viacom, so that's one of the multimedia uh, conglomerates that like rules all of uh, you know all the television, movies, everything. They got right. their hands in everything, and uh, if they're not able to make it successful. I just don't see how Tony Khan is. You know, is it worth and, it uh, just for a buy on a portfolio piece to have the library to expand that way? So when you eventually do sell or to a uh, subscription service, now you've got more assets uh, based off of that. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's what they're going to end up going for. It's just the value would be in the library because it's not in their live shows and it's not in, they don't have any television deals right now. So everything they have is through Viacom, like I said, so they have access to CBS. They have access to uh, Showtime, uh, you know, the whole Viacom family and the whole Viacom uh, flywheel, if you will. But that that hasn't been able to, uh, to boost them into the, you know, the mainstream. Everybody, if you see a, an MMA fight, they 
immediately use the brand UFC to describe it. They never right. be like, oh, I was watching Bellator on Friday night, you know? Right, 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 right. Even if they're watching Bellator, they're going to call it UFC. I was watching that UFC stuff on Friday night. <laughs> exactly. And then the most popular guys they've ever had are all guys that have, you know, become popular in the UFC and then became rich. And then came in over. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the last rodeo. It's either you're the rookie NXT or you're on your way out making a paycheck for sure. Yeah, uh, there's, there's no value in it really besides well, like you said the content let me put this to you you really want to re-spark it i saw yesterday that uh mark Zucker, uh, mark zuckerberg said anytime any place elon musk let's fucking do this thing and would that be yeah. the fight to save bellator elon musk versus mark zuckerberg well if they're going to do that there's only one place to do it and that's ufc uh colby actually had to do a fox news spot last night with laura ingram he had to Bait Michael Chandler on Fox News last night in prime time. Nice. Uh, he was Team Elon <laughs> against Team, <laughs> team Zuckerberg. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they're serious, that would be the the greatest combat sport of men of all time. It doesn't matter how good they are, right? Like, it tells the most basic story that pro wrestling can tell. It's two characters that everybody's familiar with of why they are who they are and who they are and what they do. And then they know everybody's familiar with the conflict. You know, they know that. Uh, Elon runs Twitter. Zuckerberg's got the meta gimmick, and he's uh, he's trying to push that down everybody's throat and take over that whole space. And uh, it's the story's old as time. If wrestling can tell stories this well, they'd be they'd be drawing numbers too. All right. So all we need is some um, big nerds who train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and we can fucking draw. That's what I'm about. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I, I, man, I didn't know Musk was 51. That kind of hurts. Like. Well, I didn't they, know he, was that he, he kayfaved after he got the Bosley hair treatment. That really helped him from looking 50. <laughs> he looked like shit before he got that. So. Uh, yeah. All right, Johnny. Well, I'll give you a call for the inside uh, KM stooge here soon. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all right. The, the, the Trump stooge then. <laughs> all right, Johnny. Later. There you go, John Harton had another run <laughs> in for the Friday locker room. Crazy, just laying out there for a minute, Stris. I thought they said that uh, that they weren't interested in buying Bellator, or is that just them trying? Uh, to I think that's uh, let's let's make the trail go cold so we can get it for a cheaper price. Because I saw that they were, and now that he says uh, the con said, I'm surprised to hear that report. I haven't had any conversations with them about that. Uh, so I don't know what that was about. My father hasn't had any conversations either. I don't even know, honestly, who owns the promotion. Is Scott Coker the owner, the president? I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with Bellator. I'm familiar with MMA and have never worked professionally in this space other than having some stars from UFC appear at times in AEW. But I saw that report, and yeah, there's nothing to that. I'm not sure where that rumor got started, but obviously it's an interesting time in the MMA business just as it's very interesting time in the pro wrestling business with lots of things happening and with the success of AEW and our international brand expansion. But honestly, I've never had any talks, and my father hasn't either. I don't believe anything because I'm a wrestler. Right, uh, right. But but at the same time that it's it's out there, um, I think him buying it is not uh, the wrong look. And I think we spoke about this. Will TBS and Turner uh, and, and TNT become – Tony Khan television, TKT, because if he can acquire this, he's got those shows and X amount of others. Then he's only got to pay for syndication. A a billionaire like this who just had little wrestling dreams and keeps getting more and more properties acquired and needs space to put them out there. 
could take over the network. It's not, it's not right. at one time you'd be like, nah, but now it seems like a possibility. Hey, and the networks need content, you know, so yeah. you might as well, if you're able to control the content, you know, you, you can have your finger on everything and, you know, you have lots of programming all day long, which is great because live events and sporting stuff is what's going to draw. Uh, that's why people have like, they, 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 these companies pay so much money for the, yeah, rights to show it because live event television and, you know, sports are still one of the very few things that will get people to stop what they're doing and turn it on because who wants to like, you know, watch uh, an on-demand baseball game when you, you, you can find out the score in two seconds and, right. you know, just going online. So you sit down and you watch the game. So like, these are the things that people may sit down and watch. And I mean, I'll, I'm going to, I'll, I'll bow to um, Hartnett on this and say, he says if Bellator's a dead brand, I believe him 100%. But there's maybe no, maybe there's a way to revive that by having like a series of. <laughs> the know, way to revive it would be to have actually Zuckerberg buy it and then challenge him and be like, let's fucking go. I yeah, just bought I mean, an MMA be, league. I'll fuck you uh, up. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to make it so clowny. So you have a bunch of, you know, legit undercard stuff on there. Sure. And then, you know, you have a, a big main event. So you maybe do a double main event with a gimmick main event with those two or a little bit earlier in the night. Mm-hmm. And then you still have a big main event championship fight at the end to crown a brand new Bellator champion. Well, I don't even know, you know, who the champs are or anything like that. But I, I think anything with the right promotion can be brought back to life, uh, depending on how much you know you put into it, and if there is a desire there for that kind of stuff, and if they have room on the network for it, which they seem to be able to do, why not give it a shot and buy it? You know, if you have the yeah. money and it's something that's interesting and you think you can bring some, you know some fans too. I think everything like at UFC or WWE, they need an alternative. It's to good me, for everybody. To me, I'm like, I'm going to myself. If the Saudis are buying golf, racing and wrestling, and here's a brand, let's not fucking downplay it. Let's sell them their own. Cause, cause the UFC didn't go there specifically because of the lions of Zions and Ari Emanuel's and all that right. shit and what they put out there. So here's your competitor, buy it and try and overtake them. And then from there, it's a lot easier to pluck individual top talent from UFC right. to bring them over to your own fucking thing. And if they're willing to bring Bellator over to Saudi, be like, well, you know, we can throw an AEW show there too while we're at sure. it. We'll just throw it in. No cost to you. I know you're spending a lot of money for WWE. Let us get absolutely on the house. We'll, we'll pick up all the costs on that and you just – Help us promote Bellator, get that you know back going, because we know how much you guys have been wanting UFC, uh, MMA in, in your area. Well, you know, and we'll throw in some AEW stuff. I have you know, blah 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 blah, and that way they they wedge themselves in and start that separation between we're pushing WWE sure. out, and here we are the, the cons. I mean, we got to take care of our own brother. Right. I'm, here, I'm bringing you your MMA like you like. Let's take wrestling along with it. We're a package deal, and then you don't have to worry about that Vince McMahon and how much money he wanted us to take from you guys. We're gonna do it for you know, pennies on the dollar. Well, they're, they're paying fucking these PGA guys. Uh, they paid somebody $400 million. Yeah, yeah, a player, yeah. So the fact that they're doing that, you dude, in UFC, you got guys having awesome fights and knocking guys out and then having to beg for a bonus of 50 yeah, k grand, which would be eating up in taxes. Anyway. Yeah, these fucking Saudis that go f- 50 fucking grand, here's half a million for the fucking yeah. bonus of the night, bro. Right, you right. think that fight camps aren't going to be jumping off a of fucking Dana ship over to there? Bro, they'd be gone in a second if you're having to beg on TV for a bonus, dude. Yeah, let And the they're paying a golfer swim. 400 mil. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. I think I think and they only want to keep it for themselves so we can bet it up at some fucking casino anyway. 
Yeah, right. And then go slap his wife around, which she didn't even pay him five dollars. So that was <laughs> uh, but I, I think he should buy it. I like, agree with John. It might be dead in the UFC realm, but if these cocksuckers over here are buying it, to me, that's opportunity for a guy like John <laughs> to to fucking become the, the, the management vice president president of it and get that deal done. And he's got the inside AEW contacts to get the con to have one meeting and go, let me put this by you, brother. What if we fucking got a hold of Saudi just to test the waters before you bought it and fucking, but I actually, I would buy it first because if you didn't, Saudis right. might come in and buy it right, right away. Get it. Keep it as kayfabe as you can. Do, yeah. NDAs downplay it and say, we want to relaunch it with you guys. Yeah. Then you, you take a little private flight. Let's meet with a few people. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. Yep. Plan another attack. But you don't leave that office until you have a date ready to go. Okay. Now everybody kayfabe this until we, you know, we're going to, on X date, we're starting promotion on this. Yeah. And we're going to drop it on ESPN, blah, 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 blah. And this is going to be a world event. Yeah. You know? Uh, back to WWE news. Uh, Vince McMahon, yeah. Said to be still someone that, quote, everybody looks to, especially with creative in WWE. Interesting. Yeah, well, because he's the one that's essentially in charge. So, yeah. Well, I've heard a tale of two cities over there. WWE star yeah. Ricochet commented on Vince saying Vince is still involved and Vince is still talked to. He's still someone that everybody looks to, especially with creative. So he's got his fingers and everything, pal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. I think Triple H and everybody in creative is just trying to do the best they can to bring out the best in who they have. They're trying to work everyone's strengths. I think that's something that Triple H has always done. Mm -hmm. They want to grow the brand as much mm -hmm. as possible, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. They're trying to highlight the strengths of everybody. I think it's been great so far. What a bullshit PC answer yeah. uh, from a guy who was bitching last week uh, on the sheet saying other guys get their chance to come back after they get beat and have a lament. I just got to go out there and then work and then get beat and come back and win. I don't have any storylines. But this week, Vince is heavily involved in everybody's creative. Da, da, da. And then the other inside stooge we have right from the locker room is that there's Camp Triple H with his projects. And then there's Vince with the overseas Zoom call rip up a script. If you pitch to Triple H and you're not one of his projects and you get sidelined with it and it doesn't go anywhere, well, the, the natural wrestling thing to do is to go over his head to Vince. But if you do that, now you have mega heat with Triple H because there's some weird silent heat power struggle between the two on who's in whose camp. Right. But Vince reigns supreme. But if you go around him, you're fucking buried with game. So everybody is riding one ass cheek right now, and that's direct yeah. from the fucking locker room. What do you think would happen if Triple H tried to pull a coup? And see, like he has the script. I think gives, it's easier to He gives to kill a dummy him. script to Vince. <laughs> Here's what we're doing tonight, Vince. Oh, I don't like this. Change this. Change that. All right, boss, you got it. Yeah. Take it easy. Then it produces a show that Vince had no idea was going to happen. And what would happen? I think Vince would fire him. Can can he though? I got to believe so because Ari said he's the top guy and Ari makes the fucking choices uh, with Vince. And I'm sure you Triple like H has to come Ari back and with be like, Listen, dude, I'm 55. He's 80 years old. Do you want to think long term with this company or do you want, you know, like, I'm going to need you to help protect me in this because this is what's going to be great for us down the road. And we have to start thinking about the next 20 years of this business and not what's happening tonight. And what's happening tonight, 
you know, he is very myopic and we need to think long-term and he's looking at, you know, Vince is looking at this as like little, these minutia things that aren't going to make a difference. And I'm giving you a broad spectrum here. We're going down the road this way. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're looking at this, we're looking at mania 50. You know what I mean? I want this to be a viable brand. I need, I need carte blanche. I need to be able to do whatever I want to do. And I need you to back me up on this. And then all of a sudden, Vince bursts into the room behind the door. See, I told you, Ari, he was going to stab me in the back. You. I couldn't trust you. Yeah. Dude, the guy fired his own fucking kid at Royal Rumble. Right. He says uh, the, the daughter's taking time off. Nope, just kidding. She's back. Right. Uh, CEO. And, then she's gone again. and then she's gone again. So to get rid of game is not anything. However, on the if highest game work, left and went to, trip, to AEW, I would work the whole thing that way. I would make it look like a big right. split, shock the sheets. Khan gets them, and now you've got the biggest insider having them produce. And Khan can walk away from wrestling and let Triple H produce AEW. And he'd do a great job. And, and half the roster would be like, I want my release from WWE. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not signing with you. Right. And and and, uh, and the f- whole first show, I would just raise up out of the floor the throne and it's all smashed and he's out there like yeah. gluing it together like he spent <laughs> two hours he gets yeah. it all close to it he yeah. goes to sit on it and it crumbles again yeah. god Some damn it <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good Kept me Cody Rhodes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be something though yeah, I, yeah. you know it's yeah, all right get there. the wrestling world talking I'll tell but you that, that I guess the 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 silent power play between inside McMahon camps is a real thing over there. I know, bro. Uh, Like, just to go to the next fucking town to be like, I gotta deal with this bullshit where I have no power because I can't move, make a move either way for myself because it's gonna be viewed as... And Vince can't step back and he cannot let go. He's got the death grip and he'll just, until they pry his hand off of it, will always not, it'll never be yours, you know? So, it's just horrible. Horrible. I think it'd be easy enough to fucking put some demolition charges on the private plane because it's not going to be a check thing. And then <laughs> Probably blame yeah. it on the frame up the Saudis. I think that's Triple H's best. <laughs> <laughs> that's his yeah. best bet, to be honest with yeah. you. Uh, uh, an assassination. Get in with the stewardess like on the plane and be like little winky wink, and she puts yeah, yeah. the drink. <laughs> Any of that shit. Yeah, get some strippers to be stewardess and have the flight from hell too, and everybody gets paid. Yeah. Uh, let's see. One top name. Uh, an AEW that fears the CM Punk situation is a ticking time bomb. I would have gone ticking pipe bomb there, uh, Aaron right, Rift, but that's because I'm a better writer than you. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk is scheduled for a match at Forbidden Door, uh, and uh, the Elite, the E, the Elite, will be in the building for the first time since their backstage altercation in 2022. Uh, Meltzer Seltzer claims that there's still a lot of divisiveness following that return of Punk. Punk still has not resolved his issues with the elite, despite claiming that he is open to having the discussion. Uh, Meltzer says one top name noted us that they went home after the show on Wednesday in a bad mood. And even the key people kept apart and not on the same shows described the fear of this being a ticking time bomb that will not have a happy ending. Uh, Melzer stated that Punk's ESPN interview and collision promo did nobody any favors and led to a lot of frustration in regards to Punk's counterfeit bucks line on collision. He also said, I'm not even supposed to be here on Wednesday with that shit. God damn, shut up. Um, that, uh, <laughs> so here's inside stooge that we shouldn't be reporting, yeah. but fuck it, it's uh, the Friday locker room. 
in a car ride yesterday. <laughs> I can confirm this frustration as yeah. one of uh, the the elite who will remain uh, unnamed uh, reached out and was told uh, said that they weren't even told that Punk was going to be on fucking Dynamite. That alone, I mean, the, the, if he's on or not, or the problems or the ticking time bombs, one thing. When you step back and look at it, how you and I look at it, your EVPs mm-hmm. weren't told right. that fucking the guy they got heat with, who was had a show made for him, week one is back on the other show while you just had a pre-tape and you're not there. So now your paranoia should make you think that you've been marginalized. And even though you're an EVP, you are right. still below yeah. him. You're underneath for sure. Right. And that's the message that got sent and they know it and they're not happy about it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and while, and while punk's there, he's going to do another promo that yep. you know, puts you in a trash can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's and not you, good. Tony should have told him. Tony should interesting, have told him. I know there's still heat here and it's probably going to be for a while, but business dictates. I gotta, I gotta use this cat as, as much as I can. I agree. And they didn't, and, and that wasn't done, which goes right. to me to show bad, bad management. Right. And I, you say, so Tony wasn't even there for the show. Bucks weren't. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, Bucks and Omega like, hey, weren't. Yeah. Like, hey, I, he's coming in. He's going to do six minutes on the mic. It's probably going to be pretty stiff, but you guys, you know, use it to your advantage or don't. I mean, that's. I, I don't even think it's the words. I think it's they got kayfabe to some degree that Punk was there and why they weren't on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. nobody's being honest with each other and just saying what's what. The promo's the promo. That's for fucking TV. And when you can get your stings in on me, the move, the chess move of how I'm out of the equation and they're there and yeah. you didn't smarten me up, that right. speaks volume. And to do that to EVPs, he obviously sees that Punk is a better asset than the Bucks, and he is. They, I'm not saying right. he, I'm he not is. trying he to is. shit right. on the Bucks. He just Neither is. That's I. business. Like we said, they're great guys. We love them. We've done tons yeah. of business with them. They're fantastic to deal with, and they're they're both a pleasure to have around. They've never said boo. Yeah. All right. So, but these guys helped you lay your entire foundation. They put a lot of work in in mm-hmm. the early days of the company. And it was all based around the Bucks and Cody and Omega. That was, those were the real pillars. Sure. You know, and, uh, but uh, how quickly we forget, you know, like when you know, there's money on the line here. So I guess it does matter to I just don't money. know why you want to cause heat for yourself. There's no way you can make that move and not go, fuck, this is going to hurt on the other yeah. end. Oh, well, you, you know? can't say you overlooked it because it's like obviously like, you know, this like the um, what do you call it, the splinter in the lion's paw. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's it's gonna well, just go up everybody's ass that this is happening, and, and it know. gives the it gives the locker room a thing to gossip. They're here. He's oh, not yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah. that it Instead of doing what together. should have been done, which was shut the fuck up. You're working with him. You're working with him. Yeah. Who signs your check? Mm-hmm. Me. Shut the fuck up. Like yeah, you don't want to do it. Do. You want to stay home, then that's on you. Yeah. Now 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 we're playing this. Cat and mouse, Cheshire, safety game, bro. It's only going to get worse, man. So whoever the AEW uh, veteran is, is spot on of like, it's going to happen again. Right. And it does show you that, I guess, 
Tony Khan does take into consideration some values here and there. When, like last week, I was saying, I don't think you know because he's such a hobbyist with this, and he doesn't need to turn a profit. He can just have his deep pockets are so deep he can let it float as long as he wants. But yeah. this does show that he's willing to back who he thinks is the well, stronger candidate to bring eyes to the product. Here's here's what it says to me, and not this isn't any inside stooge that we learned about yesterday on the drive. Hold on. If they're doing that and I'm the Bucks, to me that I go, okay, fine. Call game. We're yeah. going to NXT. We're going to NXT. Yeah. We're going, we're going to WWE. It's like, I'm not going to, I wouldn't even play that game to be like, now you just showed that I can't trust you and that you're end arounding me and you're not telling me things and I'm the EVP. Good yeah. luck. You good luck with that guy. See how yeah. it works out for you. And it, when and when, when we're gone and he picks well. somebody else. No, because when, 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 when they're yeah. gone, it won't be on them because he's going to do the same thing with somebody else. Phil's going to fill. Yep. And so that's just the way it is. Because I, like I, I said this on the Wednesday locker room. When has he ever? Well, maybe it was last week here. When has he ever left somewhere on good terms? And and, and never. Yeah. And and couldn't he? Couldn't the Bucks show up on WWE? And wouldn't they be creaming their pants for him, them to cut a promo on them? on their fucking TV, right, bro. Right. Now we're talking some serious Hall and Nash invasion shit. Now they might not have the stature, but they sure got the fucking heat and the internet like eyes on them for it. Right. And they know? may not be best friends with Cody, but I imagine Cody coming out super baby face. Well, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Hey, I want to introduce you to a couple of my friends. Yeah. Boom. Hit the music. Tag team division has changed forever because here are the young bucks. Boom. Yep. yep. Yeah, dude, that, that it's interesting. Of the, <laughs> they never should have kept them separated. They should have fucking nipped it in the bud. And now, yeah. already week one, we're seeing some spillover of errors from that judgment call. Yeah, and that's something that's gonna kind of until they deal with it, will always have a presence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always gonna yeah. be the elephant in the room until you let that 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 wind out. Yep. You know, it's just going to build and build and build and it's going to it's it's going to be the driving catalyst for one of the parties to leave or say something that's going to cause some bullshit. Just based on that move, just based on that move of being left out of it as an EVP, I'd, I'd be like, we're out of here. Yeah. Like they want to yeah, show us, we'll show them. Move. Like, yep. If they're office, then they're office. You got you can't kayfabe your office guys. No, you have them in the business and you have them in your circle. They need to know they need to be aware of what's going on and if it's company related. Yep. I agree. Uh, this was interesting because I thought this was the best match on dynamite this week. I was happy for him. Uh, Jeff Hardy reportedly written off AEW TV during June 21st, uh, 2023 edition. Uh, we saw Jeff take a, a pin last night. Uh, it was the guns, uh, the ass boys versus yep. the Hardy boys. And it was a fucking great Hardy boys match. Yep. Uh, the the guns did a, an excellent job. It was their best showing yet, yet right there. Even the entrance was really good. Yeah, there's everything was good. Uh, the only thing I didn't like, fucking stack pin, feet on the ropes, kick out by Matt. Like, why are we doing cheats that are for leverage and we're burying the cheat because I'm too strong? Like, that should have been feet on the ropes, feet around, whip his feet off the ropes. What the fuck, right? Like, yeah. Like to kick out of a cheat, why are we even cheating then if we're gonna bury it? That was the right, right. only spot in that match that I was like, eh. uh, and Jeff Hardy kicks with his left foot sometimes. That's not good. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, a phenomenal segment. And why Jeff did they write did, Jeff Hardy off? Because they're going to Canada and he can't get in with DUIs, so better to do business. And I and 
I'm not like, oh, I can't get into Canada with you guys. That's fucking good wrestling business. We don't have them. We got to get these guys over. We got six shows. They got to be on. Jeff can't come over. It's Jeff Hardy. We can get him back over. And this match was really the best showing for both teams that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, it, it was a great opening match. And I, I was saying to uh, my wife after the match was over, it would have been awesome if the ass boys grabbed the mic and go, can you believe that? And the opener, we just beat the Hardys. Yeah. The Hardys. Boy, that would have meant something 20 years ago, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was in the last <laughs> 20, you know, I was in the yeah, last yeah. back in 1998. Age so, them afterwards. That's yeah, good. That's you know, good. So, you know, we're moving forward. Like, this is step one. We're, we're you know, like, like they, they acknowledge the win, and it is a big win, but then they knock them at the end of it. And, you know, the reason they were the first in this line is, you know, there's a reason they were first and not last. Right. You know? I'd like to see from, uh, just because I don't know the match, but I got to believe there's uh, DX versus the Hardys that that match was probably an identical you know, of, you know, something that they want to pay respect to something they did with their dad. That's on the low that the fans wouldn't know unless you're a diehard to go back and watch spot spot mm-hmm. for spot and line it up, you know, which some do, but uh, I just thought it was a great match. I was really yeah, it was very good. It was, it was classic tag team wrestling and done well. Yep. 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 Um, our final story of the day. Yeah. It's an update on former WWE writer, Brittany Abrams, a.k.a. Bobby Lashley, or Ashley, excuse me, uh, lawsuit against company and officers. Uh, while the WWE's battle in court with MLW has taken on most of the promotion's legal headlines, I'm sure you've seen that, that the judge said it yeah. will go forward, uh, which could be an interesting uh, precedent set. Uh, they face an arguably more daunting lawsuit from former writer Brittany Abraham. Abraham filed the lawsuit against WWE and Vince McMahon. Uh, former WWE CEO Stephanie McMahon and several other company higher-ups in late April claiming racial discrimination and retaliation. Uh, according to PW Insider, a motion has now been filed on behalf of all the defendants in the case seeking an extension when they can respond to Abraham's suit. Should the motion pass, the extension would move the response date from June 26th to September 5th. Abraham's lawsuit stirred up a ton of controversy when first reported with 31-page suit alleging members of WWE creative team had, re- had pitched racially insensitive ideas involving Apollo Crews, Bianca Belair, and Mansoor, including one that would have suggested Mansoor was involved in the 9-11 terrorist attacks. How dare anyone do such a thing? <laughs> Abraham's, who said she fought against such ideas, claimed she was fired for voicing such dissent and the WWE used her taking a commemorative chair as the reason for her termination, despite Caucasian writers being allowed to do so with no punishment. Prior to the motion from the fence, which was filed on Wednesday, there had been little development regarding the suit, so that'll all the defendants had yet to receive a summons regarding the case back in early May. Several in WWE would also be unaware of Abraham as the result of her using a different pen name during her tenure with the company. That's interesting. So is this the Bobby Ashley hire? I know they hired three. I, I thought it was. Yeah. No. Well, they, they hired three girls at that time. Mm-hmm. One got released for being a fucking goof and not knowing anything about the, the product. And then I think the other two were still on staff. But this girl changed her name and pen name compared to who she is here, you know, stage name wise for her open mic career in New York City uh, playing. Yeah, she didn't want wrestling to hurt her resume. 
Yeah, but no, she was playing people's apartments. She just probably had a pen name for the stage. You know what I mean? These, Mm -hmm. and let's be honest, affirmative action hire. But let's be honest, she's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, dude. uh, So, oh, I don't know how far. You know what that reminds me of? Oh, she took a chair, fire. Well, yeah, that's that's the the easy sweethearting packages, right? When the uh, general manager for XFL got fired for using his professional phone for a personal reason. Which Change is the most one bullshit. Minute. It's like it's because he got he got fired and like text his wife from that phone to say, I think I just got fired or whatever. <laughs> oh, looks like we just uh lost Ben Hameen there for a second. Let's see if he comes back in. Hmm. Because we'll just wait it out. Sorry, just had to kiss the wives goodbye. Uh, oh, that's cool. That was <laughs> yeah, a lot of kisses for one second. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to uh, they're going down down there down where down where. Uh, yeah, they're going down to Louisville, Kentucky, to check nice. out uh, with the in laws. So cool, safe travels to all the wives or not, whatever. Um, quite a caravan. How yeah, many they camels got a, does they, it take to bring all those? Oh, uh, come on, we got a bus. We got we got oh, the. I, I bought the. Hey. I bought uh, I bought the Lex Express. It it cost. <laughs> Did you keep the flag on it or no? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why we can uh, drive around anywhere we want to steal gas. Um, So what I was saying is like her firing reminds me because she took a chair or whatever. Is like when the XFL had like that general manager that they fired for using his professional cell phone for a personal reason. And I think it's just a simple excuse. But it's like, wait, I got fired. Then I used it. You're saying I'm fired because I used it, but like there's a bunch of stupid bullshit, like trying to find any excuse to not any technicality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mansoor, I think was one when nine 11 happened. So that's pretty impressive to be, uh, you know, no, no, I think he was like six actually to be planning nine 11 terrorist attacks. I mean, what pops me is uh, they start them young. They start them young. You know, you gotta. <laughs> you got to in the madrasa. Uh, you want a nine eleven terrorist? You want somebody to do that story, and you don't want to use the guy who does it <laughs> as the <laughs> fuck you. Is that them trying to rib me? That's my own ego. Uh, Would she felt better if they had cast a Caucasian wrestler as that person? As yeah, well, I, if they would have done a George Bush parody, they'd have been right on and right. Dick Cheney. Little <laughs> <laughs> on the nose. I could, hey, I could play both. You want me to be Bin Laden or the white guy? <laughs> it's only a shave. It's only a shave away, pal. Yeah. Uh, so interesting uh, that way in Apollo Cruz with the Nigerian, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston reinvention, which actually was half getting him over. And now he's back to nothing after re-debuting that he runs fast, I guess, was the big pre-tape <laughs> they did there. So um, cough button. I'll stooge it. It's I'll stooge it to some degree. I'll stooge it more off air to you. But uh, allegedly, there were some consultants at one time that uh, wrote some notes to network executives saying the exact thing of you guys are going to get shit hammered for all this fucking Asian stereotype, black stereotype, especially during Black Lives Matter. You're doing all the wrong stuff, having uh, shucking and jiving by fucking our truth you're having fucking uh plenty of uh or whatever it is even this week they the promo they had to have shinsuke say especially so he goes especially yeah (laughs) like these are these are planned things to pop vince mcmahon 
a hundred percent of course and in a time of cancel culture and racial sensitivity at an all-time high this girl's not wrong now is she a fucking shitty stand-up who never should have been in the wwe locker room absolutely but they wanted affirmative action hires they wanted young woke culture and now you see exactly what it is when you let outsiders into the mafia i'm not trying to say we shouldn't be doing that we should be doing 9-11 bits or ghetto booty bianca belair whip your hair around slap your ass and door knockers we can definitely come up with better characters than that but that doesn't mean in the writer's room that these things shouldn't be pitched to some degree, even if they're shot down, yeah. the work, the work should have the wide berth of everything. And we can fucking quantify it. If we treat it with the right respect and present it the right way. However, a woke millennial is going to go, Oh my God, everyone's racist and fucking <laughs> run away and get a lawyer. Yeah. Here's the kayfabe part. <laughs> Haven't sent him anything and didn't, but definitely talk to that lawyer. And I didn't know how much we wanted to be involved in any of this stuff and have it come back on us too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. However, network execs allegedly were directly warned about this multiple times. And now here we are. It's like I got a crystal ball or I have a fucking brain in my head and understand what's going on. Right. And, and who they were fucking with, it came back to burn them. And I wouldn't doubt that they pay this young lady off X amount of million dollars. If you're going to pay $3 million for a blowjob, you're going to pay $20 million for a racial lawsuit to go. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, the other thing that WWE has in its defense is saying, go back to the beginning of when this company started. We have historically booked based on stereotype. So for the Iron Sheik who just recently passed away and everybody said how awesome he was and what he did. He was champion because of the Iran, you know, hostage situation. That is why he got the belt instead of any other wrestler who was going to transition between Bob Becklin and Hulk Hogan. It was the Iron Sheik because of what was happening politically Mm -hmm. in our country and around the world. And WWE using world events, right? Has always booked around what is happening. And like WWE, like wrestling in general, had held on to like the world war ii mentality of the, the the world far longer than it ever had to sure but had they had always just done what had worked and it just get, did get sleepy after a generation of doing it over and over but historically speaking their track record speaks for itself it's like we weren't doing this to hurt anybody currently we've just always have done you know mirrored what's happening in society in reality but we're not paying off the ptsd steve that's the problem if we did a 9-11 angle, there'd just be a bad guy terrorist. There's no American hero to crush them like a Sergeant Slaughter was for the Sheik. Right now, what's the hottest hate button topic that there possibly is? Russian or gay, right? So fucking, why don't we have Gabby back on? And why don't we make fun, not make fun of her, but have a character getting heat on her and be like, right. yeah, weren't you a, a fucking man dummy? Yeah, whatever. And we need to have that right wing or ignorant voice that's saying uh, Rick Steiner slurs. Right, right, right. <laughs> Braun, Braun Breaker would be a great one to fucking be heel and go at, at a Gabby who's uh, trans now, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, we need to. Right, the lesson is sh- learned. Right, the lesson right. is learned. Braun Breaker, whoever it would be, uh, his father would have a 
uh, a moment of like, this is what being a human is and that's what their choice is. And I was wrong in my ignorance because it's my own shit that I'm projecting on you, right? We need to have that uh, friendshipality, that understanding of come to it, or we need the USA to beat the fucking terrorists. But actually the USA guy finds out that it was his bosses that fucking cost it. And he understands the plight of the people who've been marginalized through Muslim countries going forward. Right. And, and comes to their aid mm-hmm. when somebody else tries to step on them. Yeah, for sure. This is the fucking Iraq, Pakistan whole entire shit. And you could even play in, into Iraq where you get sent into a false war and lulled when the real shit's going on right over here. So they want to create these characters, but they don't ever want to pay off the moral world lesson that wrestling should be providing because wrestling should look at world events and then put it through our lens and give the people what they really want to ease their PTSD, whatever it is, right? So like we need the payoff that we never get in the real world. That's what wrestling should provide us in, in, in the storytelling taken upon based upon real events. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, live and learn. And, and even then we're not touching. I, I saw, and she's a good worker. Masha Slamovich, I think is her name is she oh, was doing the impact. hardcore Russian gimmick. And yeah. then once it broke out, she just stopped doing like pressing the button to me. That's not, I mean, to each artist their own, you know, but to yeah. me, no, but and what from, I do, you know, the promoters like, Hey, we need to cool down the, the Russian side of that. And just, I think that's terrible. I think you, the, you yeah, got, he, I, you play, it he, might not have been from her is what I'm saying. She might not gotcha, have been that made gotcha. that choice. Gotcha. Yeah, I just it, it kills me uh, when I, when we see that when when I see Meechin go, we're not terrorists. Stop calling us terrorists. Yeah, I wrote it. It said in the notes, anti disestablishment terrorism. Right. <laughs> you might not have got that in the final script, but yes, you were local terrorists, Seattle-based yeah. type shit. That's right. what we were going for. Antifa wise. Yes. Don't call us that. Oh, okay. Then. Can we call you sympathizers then? <laughs> yeah. Can it's we call you language. future yeah. endeavored? I don't know. Right. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's uh, headlines for today for sure. Some hot ones in there. We'll see if uh, Bellator ends up in the con uh, portfolio. We'll see if lawsuits get settled uh, for the same racist tropes that they keep doing right, week in right. and week out. They're not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> the I, I, guy kinda, loves I kinda it. hope that he does buy Bellator. Is that weird? Me too. I, I do to be honest I with you. Kind of exciting. Yep. I, I think so too. And they've and I will put him over the last two weeks going into Forbidden Door. They've had good shows. Oh, one other I guess this is back and letting the air out, but I saw that Jake Roberts is like, I love to be able to help on AEW creator. I go. Why are you even? Shouldn't that be the reason why you were hired in the first place? Sure, yeah, you like can manage wasn't. somebody. No, so he wasn't in on that meeting he's just all? sitting like, in the back, working. No one's asking him uh, for shit, bro. Oh my god, things like that hurt my could head. You imagine? Read. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funny thing is, is like you know when we had Jake in TCW, he's like very willing to be like, "Hey, what do you have going on here? How can we punch that up?" Yeah. And like one time during the one time we had him in Utica, New York, Utica. and the ring broke, and he went straight to the ring to go start fixing it. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? Stay back here!" Yeah. Like, Brother, I used to build these things. Yeah, so yeah. he knew exactly what was wrong. Like, Take that clamp, put it over here. Take that piece of wood, slide it over here. It's like. 65-year-old Jake the Snake Roberts is out here yep. fixing the ring in front of the entire crowd. That's it, bro. 
And it was right after that that he went to DDP's accountability crib too. But uh, he only had a six pack that night and took his nuts out one time. Uh, but no, he took uh, his stick out too and he put it in my ear. Well, oh yeah, that's right. Back. That was the worst. Uh, <laughs> I got him back. Okay. <laughs> he, but I came through the curtain. That was a little mark out moment for me, just because to get promoted by him, you know, on my work means he even gave a fuck to yeah, watch yeah. it, you yeah, know. Sure. So. And I was a mega Jake Roberts guy or kid in the eighties. Um, and, uh, just to come through the curtain, brother, you got it out there. You, but you, you don't gotta say anything. You can do it all. I'm like, I'm like, I do it. I love exactly what you're saying. And I agree. I can do it with a look. I'm just in the middle of a six month storyline and I had to get my shit in on the promo. Right, right. You know what I mean? Know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, and I go, everything you're saying, I, I take to heart and I can't thank you enough for watching my shit. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I'm getting fucking agent notes from Jake Roberts right here. And he liked my character the best on the show. Jake used to call the office. You know? It's just so weird. Yeah. And he would, he would, cause he was living in Texas at the time and he was telling Josh, you gotta bring your show down to Texas. This shit will draw so fucking big. I guarantee you, you'll get at least two thousand people in the house. This it'll be the biggest thing. The fucking indies down here suck so fucking hard that your fucking shit will get over. So he he would call, like so. What hacks hacksaw yeah. would too? Hacksaw yeah. put us over mega, huge because we were out drawing TNA. Yeah, easily, and he would put yeah, that. He put it. He put it. Still out there. If you don't believe me, go scroll down to like 2015, 2014, 2013, and, and you'll see. You know, 2CW draws TNA again. Ho, oh, you know, like, <laughs> it was great. He put our shit over all the time, and he would also watch the show and give advice to guys because he loved Vita Loca, the, the mm-hmm. luchador that we had on the show. He's like, that kid's so good. He did this and he did this and he did that. He's like, wow, he's paying attention and giving notes. It's 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 great. Yep. These guys want to help. They want to help to to have them in your back pocket and not leave yeah. them a little for, bit. For him, after three years being hired from the beginning, go, you know, I really like to help with creative. I go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude, he even if he offered of... nothing, just sit there and just listen for three weeks. Don't yeah. say a word. Just and then report back to me with what you think. Just yeah. give it three weeks. Just sit in the room, make some notes, and tell me what you think. Come on. That, that Utica spot was such a, like, a smaller, weird, it wasn't a small spot, but a weirder spot for us. But, like, to get promoted by Jake in my face there, smoke a joint with fucking Piper outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, these little yeah. shit things. Like, I, I just had these, I don't really remember the match Josh that much. knocked Piper up that night. Yeah, he did. He was fucking pissed. Oh, they were going to go. They were going to go. They were eye I'm eye. surprised Piper wasn't more pissed based on how Slick tuned up his fucking kid. Well, he tuned him up the following night. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. yeah it was in Watertown. Then Watertown. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, hey, uh, if the kid can't go, why why have him out there? I know, but it's weird that Slick, who's usually the most professional and over guy and the biggest veteran in our locker room at that time, to see the kid lumped up, I was like, something's going on. He was, <laughs> was just working the kid, and he wouldn't yeah, fight back. He wouldn't do shit. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, he, he wasn't ready. But I was surprised Piper wasn't. Like hot after that at that well, what's night. He gonna you know do? What I, mean? he, he, I think he was on best behavior at that point because he'd almost gotten knocked out by John. Yeah, but before. at this point it's like let's just get our money and get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah, my segment was good. 
always no, no, not always, not always. We keep not trying, average. we not keep average. trying and trying to make it better every time out, you guys. And you Amen. can come check us out. Uh, July eighth, Immortal will be in Cobleskill, New York. I'll be defending the heavyweight title. Blazer Am will be in solo competition mode. I'll have his back for sure, as always. And then July sixteenth, uh, back in St. Catharines, Ontario, at Crossfire to defend my heavyweight title there as well. Maybe slap some of those moron old timers uh, in their face. Bobby Bass, Chris Laplant, and the rest of them, uh, and Alexander the Great, and I'll take all the gate. But uh, as always, cannabis going strong. I thank you guys for subscribing to Channel Attitude on the Hami Media side and all the, the new hosts and shows we got coming uh, your way. Make sure you guys check uh, your emails. You guys, I'm actually going to play that on our outro. Jeff sent me a, a video uh, because there is stuff going on behind the scenes, making Channel Attitude better, expanding, giving you uh, more opportunities for more shows. So you may have to uh, whitelist uh, an email from info at channelattitude.com or reset your password. Uh, I know it's a little inconvenience, but Get the fuck over it. Stop being a fucking baby your whole life. Uh, and be a heel for once. Uh, but y'all, uh, the Striz is in the house. What do you got going on, Striz? Well, I just wanted to say, like, talk about your segments. I used to love when you wore these the suits. That white suit you had was so awesome. And you come mm. out and with the sunglasses and the, the, oh, the gimmick, it was so cool. And people would be like, whoa. It was different. I wish I put you in suits more often. They, they would have been really cool. But, uh, you know. Neither here nor there. When we when we re- reboot TCW in the next year, we'll, we'll be sure. That's because I was just a fat ass manager. <laughs> I could look good and not have to do shit. Milan X could take my bumps yeah. and I could just look good, right? And uh... <laughs> 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 just that shitty in here, didn't it? <laughs> oh, that's that a deep good. cut. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, man, it's been great being on the show. I love it. I'll I'll see you next Friday. I'll see everybody uh, this coming Wednesday on the Wednesday locker room. On Tuesday, I'll throw out a shout at Steve underscore on Twitter. Uh, we, we had some fun this past week. I asked people what their first job was. We had fun talking about that kind of stuff. Awesome. So we'll do something else that's kind of fun to talk about, get to know the listeners a little bit more. And, uh, you know, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Steve underscore if you haven't already. And let's have some fun. We'll talk about wrestling and, uh, you know, we'll keep it fun and light. Absolutely, man. Make sure you get your uh, shout out requests in so you can hear your name shouted out as an HMG super soldier on uh, the from the 1111 and boys on uh, that Wednesday locker room. So glad to have that back in action, you guys. And I know I've been getting hit up. Where's Horseman? There's so much going on. Guys, it's a lot to fucking get everybody on the same page. And Stevie and, and uh, Sal just, it's, they're not about that. Stevie's doing awesome stuff. Check mm-hmm. out his videos with uh, reviews on his new smart board. And, uh, you know, I'm just at 100 hours a week, you guys. There's just no time to do all the research and coordinate. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, but you never know. We'll try and get shows out where we can, extra content. We appreciate you guys uh, loving it so much. So on behalf of the Striz, it's the his. It's the Friday Locker Room here, Channel Attitude. Channel Attitude subscribers, yeah. we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. 
And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks.